Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you for joining me once again today. Uh, you'll notice a little difference right now. I'm trying to keep quiet and kind of stick close to the microphone while keeping my voice down because my wife is sleeping and it's a Monday night game, so it's very difficult to uh, do Purple Mafia in the situation sometimes because of the schedule and contrast all that garbage luckily this is the only time we have to deal with this this year so please bear with me and i do apologize especially if you're a brand new listener this is not normally how the show is so minnesota vikings won the game 20 to 17 on monday night over the uh over the chicago bears also this show will probably be a little bit shorter too for the same reason but minnesota luckily outlasting the chicago bears uh you had a three to two game at the half which was you thought it was the White Sox and the Twins. Luckily, the Twins were winning 3-2, to two, just like they did most of the time against the White Sox this year. Um, Mark Burley wasn't pitching, so that was helpful. Uh, Sam Bradford wouldn't make much of a pitcher right now, though, would he? Um, the whole first half, he looked like a guy who was a shell of himself, particularly as the game progressed. Looked more and more like The Walking Dead and uh, whatever. We don't want to talk about that show over and over again. It gets enough coverage as it is, but that's what he looked like. Um... It doesn't look good for Sam Bradford. I'm not sure how much longer he's going to last in this league, if at all. I mean, this might be it. It might be the old swung song for Sam Bradford. And you know what? I feel for him. Um, he kind of, unfortunately, you know, it's one of those things, though, where you need to bulk up. You need to, you know, you need to lift weights. You need to do things to make your body stronger. And Sam Bradford just hasn't done that. Uh, it's amazing he was able to hang in there as long as he was last year. And this year, it's just, wow. I mean, hmm, it doesn't look good. The craziest scenario of all time could be that maybe it really will be Teddy Bridgewater to rescue this season later on. But uh, Case Keenum, at least in this game, did a fantastic job in the pinch. And that was wonderful. Kai Forbath, the only man to score any points in the first half as uh, the Vikings were unable to finish a drive late in the second quarter. But Forbath at least made a 26 a 26-yarder, so Forbath at least making a couple of chip shots in this game to help the Vikings win. Um, and Bradford was finally pulled after the first half. Bradford, of course, took a safety late in the first quarter as things continued to snowball in the very negative direction for Sam Bradford. I mean, the guy just gave up on the play. He was like, you know what? The hell with it. I can't move. And there's just nothing to do. There's not enough time to get rid of the ball without possibly doing something very awful. <laughs> or just get intentional grounding anyway and get a safety. But uh, that's pretty much where things headed for Sam Bradford. Uh, Chicago's defense looks better, but luckily for the the Vikings, the uh, injury towards important linebackers to the Bears and such, and just important players missing in the linebacking core, Jarek McKinnon would do <laughs> the most with his opportunity here. Jarek McKinnon just absolutely fantastic throughout the game, just throwing his body around. Uh, Latavius Murray was, well... Not much to talk about here. He looked okay on some plays, but overall only 2.6 yards and a long of 8. Not really complaining about the long, it's just the overall 2.6. That's not real good. Uh, you're not going to really get too far because that's basically 2 yards in a cloud of dust with a, the 8-yard long helping him out a little bit. Um, Jarek McKinnon, absolutely fantastic in the second half. The Vikings offense was jump-started with Case Keenum in the game. Keenum very accurate throughout the way, uh, at least in times when he was throwing the ball. The Vikings actually led the rest of the game, if you can believe that, which is pretty funny. Uh, Keenum, 81%, just sharp, solid. He even threw a touchdown pass to... <laughs> Ultimately ended up throwing a touchdown pass to Kyle Rudolph to help things... <laughs> well, to put the Vikings ahead, which was... Wonderful, absolutely great. Uh, great momentum gaining drive in the, in the third quarter there. And everybody was very excited. Uh, Case Keenum's the quarterback of the Vikings, folks. Uh, unless Teddy Bridgewater comes back and uh, ready to rock and roll, as apparently, well, after week six, which will be Packer week, that's what we'll talk about in segment number two briefly, more brief than normal for obvious reasons. Um, this is not the most comfortable condition for myself either right now, so <laughs> kind of tough going. I hope you can hear me properly. I'm not sick at all again. It's just I'm keeping it down for the wife. This will be the only time this year I'll be doing that, uh, thankfully, because the rest of the games are either on Sunday or Thanksgiving Day. Big deal. I can record on Black Friday. Oh, that's so difficult, right? <laughs> um, <clears throat> awesome game for Case Keenum. Just a, just a shot on the arm for this club that needed it so badly. Uh, it's just... 
Oh, so sickening and frustrating how the Vikings defense did a great job. After Case Keenum led the Vikings down the field to make it 10-2, then you get a fake punt, and Patrick O'Donnell just hurls the ball in the air. 38-yard touchdown to Connor Barth. Unbelievable. It made you want to barf. Barf. So that's pretty much where things went uh, there. 10-9 game, but the Vikings would never give up the lead. Jerick McKinnon on the next drive would scamper and just would continue to scamper, and there was nothing the Bears could do. They couldn't tackle him for nothing. And it's not because they were bad. It's because Jerick McKinnon was good, and he was just freaking awesome. A 58-yard scamper to Paydirt, and Kai Forbath made the extra point, which, you know what? See, normally you think, why would he have to tell us that Kai Forbath made the extra point? Well, because the guy was a 50% uh, extra point guy, though luckily he's getting a little above 50% the last couple of weeks, so good job, Kai Forbath. He was 3-for-3 three three overall in the game. <laughs> okay, 4-for-4. Four four. He made uh, two extra points and two field goals, so yeah, nothing was longer than... Uh, well, 26 yards in the field goal range anyway. At least the, the extra points were longer, which is kind of funny because they got kind of weird with that a couple of years ago. Uh, Kai Forbath making everything. He knows his job's on the line. He knows it, and thank God for that. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky would make things quite interesting on the ensuing drive, taking his club down the field. It was finally, finally did something right. Mitchell Trubisky, of course, Mitch Trubisky, whatever. Um, struggling throughout the game, not accurate. He looked like it was his first game in the. Uh, it looked like it was his first game out there. He would fumble in the in the game, and that helped the Vikings cause in a huge way. Um, but he looked good on this one drive. It was like here it is. This is what Mitch Mitch can do. Uh, he showed his mobility. He showed his athleticism, and he did some. He looked good. Uh, ultimately, the Bears would score an extremely poor tackling by the Vikings and just poor coverage down the stretch. Uh, nobody's happy with Trey Waynes right now at all. And this one, of course, could have been intercepted, could have been batted down. But uh, Mr. Uh, Anderson Dale, I almost don't even want to say his name after this play, would bat it right into the Chicago receiver, who ultimately was Zach Miller. He couldn't believe it. Like, really? Really, man? Does it have to be that lucky? And yes, it was. Zach Miller was able to catch it, and the Bears actually tied the game. So, yeah, the Vikings would never give up the lead, but they did get the the game was tied. The Bears would never lead after the 2-0 uh, safety, luckily. Thank God for that. The Vikings defense would be strong. The Bears defense would be strong. And all of a sudden, the Vikings couldn't get the job done. There were penalties that would drive you crazy. The things just kind of went from Bears bad mistakes, bad penalties, to Vikings penalties, and that's where the frustration started to take over. And then on the, on the final drive of the game where the Vikings would have the ball with about two minutes remaining, Jarek McKinnon just showing the strength, showing the ability as the Vikings were trying to burn the clock down to the final seconds intentionally because they wanted to kick a field goal and give the Bears almost no, no time to do anything. McKinnon would continue to burn his way through. It looked like the Vikings were screwed and it was fourth down. And then a key penalty that was just heartbreaking for the Bears, <laughs> but wonderful for us. Uh, kind of questionable, I would have to say, for uh, poor Leonard Floyd. I, I kind of felt bad for that guy, but hey, we'll take it. Maybe I shouldn't feel too bad because they probably wouldn't feel bad for us. Um, though Bear fans don't bother me nearly as much as Packer fans. Not at all. Uh, Chicago fans really don't bug me that much. There's always jerks in, in every fan base, but the Bears, it's not as many. Uh, painful, painful penalty for Leonard Floyd to swallow on fourth down because the Vikings were stopped short at that point by a pretty wide margin. Next thing you know, it's an automatic first down. Jerk McKinnon would push things a little bit further, and Kai Forbath would nail the field goal, and thank God the Vikings come out victors. You feel a hell of a lot better with that, and that's a great feeling. Uh, Trey Waynes would lead the team in total tackles, but that's because he was tested the whole night because the guy just, you know, and obviously that meant the wide receiver caught the bleeping ball, right? I mean, if the guy, if the guy's making a tackle, it's because somebody caught the ball. So Trey Waynes, again, just just kind of staying off the guy, letting him catch it, and then making the tackle. And that's kind of what Trey Waynes has been thus far. Even Sebastian Barton slash the Bastion Balls, you'll hear him finally call out Trey Waynes, and uh, he was a Waynes fan for a while there, now uh, Sebastian, yes, starting to feel the frustration I'm feeling, he's starting to look at him as a bust, and I agree completely with Sebastian out there, great friend of the show and great friend personally of mine as well Harrison Smith's interception was just absolutely key when it looked like the Vikings were going to lose the game, and Harrison Smith, with that huge interception, put the Vikings in position to wrap things up that was just a wonderful, wonderful moment as the Vikings 
were just dying for that big play, that game-changing play, and Harrison Smith did get that interception, which set up the final drive. Ultimately, uh, it looked like the Bears might have done something. You never know, but Harrison Smith put an end to it quickly as he just he he took the he took the play to himself. Uh, he he attacked that ball and took it away, kind of like the Patriots defender in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago against Seattle. Like Harrison Smith, just spectacular. Um, Harry the Hitman, big man, cold-blooded there, and uh, great run for Harrison Smith the last several weeks here after uh, a horrible turn of events last year in Thanksgiving. Uh, Harrison Smith since then, actually that was the game even before Thanksgiving, the, the first Detroit game, Harrison Smith very strong though the last few weeks in this one, uh, this, this play and this overall game, very strong for Harrison game-changing moment. The Vikings dying for that. Harrison was absolutely what you're looking for, absolutely what the doctor ordered. Mackenzie Alexander continues to do what he does really well, and that's jam routes. Uh, he is just fantastic. You never see him in the tackle category because guys never catch the ball. Um, he, he sees limited action, but he doesn't allow any catches. So that's why you never see Mackenzie Alexander in the tackle category because there's nothing to tackle. Linval Joseph was just a superstar the whole night. I just love the man so much. And Everson Griffin adding yet another sack along the way. Linval Joseph just on the attack all bleep at night. Open field tackles at times and just, just getting the job done. He, he wasn't assisted on a single tackle in the night. And just a, just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful game to watch in terms of that young man. Oh, I love I love him so much. <laughs> How could you not? Um, Vikings amazingly only got one sack in the game because, well, I mean, it's just, I don't know. Uh, the, ultimately, Trubisky was getting rid of the ball, but they were inaccurate passes, and uh, they were trying to hand the ball off and this and that, but the Vikings defense was admirable throughout the game, just like they were against Detroit. Jordan Howard would have his way on occasion, but never would break loose, thank God. Uh, Trubisky showed again a little bit of mobility. But uh, ultimately, Howard would wind up with 76 yards. He did scamper for 13 once, but overall, you know, H Howard was contained for the most part compared to our previous weeks here. Luckily, the Vikings didn't have to deal with uh, Jordan Howard exploding down the field. Howard had some awful games to start the season, but um, last couple of weeks he'd been pretty damn good. Not not on uh, Monday night, though. Thank God for that. Overall strong performance. Derek McKinnon, I have to note also, he it looked like he may have fumbled the ball, but luckily, no, he was he was down. So, yes, the ball came loose, but he was down. Derek McKinnon, overall, just a game changer in this game. Him and Harrison Smith and, of course, Case Keenum, very much uh, all factors in the victory. I mean, you could just go on and on with so many of the defenders, like Linval Joseph and such. I, I just adore Linval Joseph. Can you can you tell? Daniil Hunter, too. I mean, that guy's like my favorite player on the team, practically. Uh, so I'm going to pass out the awards. I don't want to take this too much longer. It was a nice win for the team. I mean, we're 3-2 and two now, so at least we have a winning record. But unfortunately... You know, it's not going to get any easier. And Green Bay, I've got a lot to say about them coming in the second segment. At least I'm going to try to limit the time, but say a lot in a limited amount of time if possible. Um, but the awards for the game, I'm going to give the Fran Tarkinen Award to Jerick McKinnon. I mean, way to take a job right now. He He's the starting running back right now for me. I mean, even though, you know what, it, it might be a little running back by committee between uh, McKinnon and Murray, kind of a platoon. And I like Murray a lot, and he deserves to get snaps. But McKinnon looks like a stud out there because not only did he get 95 yards on the ground, he also received 51 along the way with catches and scampers, and he caught everything coming his way, all six of them. You'll, you'll never see that from Adrian Peterson. Not once, not one flipping time did Adrian Peterson make six catches. I mean, I don't even know if he got that many in his career. We'll talk about him in the second segment as well as he's going to a not-so-good team. He's going from one not-so-good team to another. Uh... But uh, there it is. Jarek McKinnon is your friend. Tarkinen Award winner. Honorable mentions, of course, will go to Case Keenum and to Harrison Smith. It was just freaking awesome along the way as well. And thank you very much, Harrison Smith, with the big play there. The uh, Christian Potter Memorial. I mean, Trey Waynes just doesn't look good at all. Stefan Diggs wasn't really... He had a tough game, and the Bears really targeted him the whole night. Uh, they really keyed on him defensively. Luckily, uh, Case Keenum would uh, hit other targets along the way. Adam Thielen didn't have that big breakout game either. Only, I mean, he was targeted eight times. There were some inaccurate passes. Uh, Sam Bradford just looked like dog dookie out there, and that's why you're seeing so many targets and a lot and fewer catches because of Sam Bradford doesn't look like the same guy. But I'm going to give uh, 
Trey Wayne's the uh, Christian Palmer Memorial. I think I I think he was quite disappointing out there. Um, Sandejo could get an honorable mention, but then again, I, I don't know. Was it bad luck? Was it this? Was it that? Whatever. But I will give uh, Christian Ponder Memorial to uh, Trey Waynes for this one. So with that, we'll take a quick break. We'll jump into the uh, NFC North Roundup Packer preview, look around the NFL a bit as well. I'll try to, again, <laughs> it's not going to be as long as normal, but still get a show out and still have a nice, fun conversation for you, despite my voice sounding a little funky because I'm trying to keep things down a bit. Purple Mafia, segment number two, NFL Roundup, NFC North Roundup, and of course, Packer Preview. Oh, goody. And yeah, there's a show called Packer Preview in this town, but uh, we'll keep the uh, Packer Preview to this show at this moment. The teams on the bye, I should probably mention this from now on, just to say this is why you don't hear about them. The Falcons, the yeah, the Atlanta Falcons, Denver Broncos, that might be the Super Bowl for all we know, uh, New Orleans Saints, that's Adrian Peterson's former team, and the Washington Redskins, which are another club that's looking solid over the course of... <laughs> over the course of this season for the most part yeah there's a lot of good teams there's a lot of mad teams but um yeah it's uh gonna be very interesting overall for these boys mm, afc doesn't look so great but we'll talk about that in a second let's jump into things as soon as possible new england over Tampa bay on thursday night nice to see tom brady playing a little bit better and uh, well it wasn't his fault nice to see a little freaking defense from the new england patriots it's about bleeping time i mean bill belichick prides himself on defense and then brady prides himself on being the best quarterback of all time which i still feel he absolutely is the patriots though it's going to be a little uphill climb for the moment as they're riding in third well kind of the New York bleeping Jets are 3-2. and two. I can't even explain that one. They look good. The Jets actually look kind of good. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, 3-2. and two, So that division's kind of a logjam. But Miami Dolphins, I'm not really too confident in them. Tampa Bay, my Super Bowl pick, looking like they're not going there. The Oakland Raiders don't look like they're going there either. Um, this might be the worst ever Super Bowl prediction of all time in the history of Purple Mafia. In fact, I pretty much would venture to say it is. Uh, a team that's won two games in a row now, Cincinnati trying to save face. They beat the Buffalo Bills, so the Bills dropped to 3-2. and two. The Bengals jumped to 2-3. and 20-16 victory for them. Congratulations to Cincinnati to kind of stay alive, but I don't know. I think the last thing they want is to stay alive because they, they're getting sick and tired of Sherman Lewis over there. Tyrod Taylor and Andy Dalton just kind of, you know, not the best game ever. That's for damn sure. Joe Mixon just okay, and LaShawn McCoy okay as well for Buffalo. Uh, Joe Mixon, of course, for Cincinnati, but at least he's healthy. Um, A.J. Green was definitely the star of the game. He was the Stephon Diggs boy, <laughs> 189 with a 77-yard uh, catch to pay dirt. <laughs> one touchdown, that was the one touchdown in the overall game, but uh, A.J. Green, spectacular numbers, kind of like Stephon Diggs a few weeks back against the uh, New Orleans Saints. Boy, do we miss that, huh? Mm. Let's talk about that later. New York Jets are three and two, but it helps when you're playing the Browns who are just flat done. I mean, Deshaun Kaiser, he's benched. The Browns are zero and five, and that's about all you got to say. Jets look solid. Uh, Mister No, the Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs. Josh, Josh McCown still playing, had a solid little game, and gosh, not, not bad. Uh, he threw one interception, but almost eighty percent completing completion percentage against a Cleveland defense that I thought was getting better, and uh, not really. So. Here things rest with the Cleveland Browns at the moment. So let's go from one meh game to another. Well, okay, not really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to skip the Detroit-Carolina one for now because it's not the NFC North yet. Indianapolis over San Francisco. Wow, great game. I don't really have a whole lot to say about it. Just meh. A couple of icky teams. Uh, ooh, Indianapolis won their second game of the season. San Francisco also sucks. The 49ers and the Cleveland Browns are going to be looking for that top pick. 49ers and Probably really going to rue the day that they passed on uh, Mitch Trubisky. Even though he didn't look spectacular on Monday night, he's showing signs. So it's it's coming. It's coming soon for them, <laughs> i got to say, for the Bears. One of these days, or at least there's a chance that they have a quarterback in the future. I kind of like Brian Hoyer, and he was actually okay in the game. I mean, he threw for 350 yards, but uh, you can only say so much because Indianapolis just kind of sucks. So I don't know. At least the uh, uh, Colts got another win, I suppose. 
Miami Dolphins won the game, but that's with uh, Mariota out, so what do you do? Miami Dolphins actually did something good. Uh, Matt Castle looks like meh, and he got sacked six times by an aggressive Miami defense. Color just sucks. I mean, he sucks. 46%, 92 yards, yet he managed to get a touchdown. Of course, he threw an interception because that's just going to happen every single bleeping, Mickey bleeping, blankety-blank time that Jay Cutler plays. He's going to throw one interception in the game or, or more, and that's who Jay Cutler is because he's sucking bleeps and he bleeping bleeps. And he bleeping sucks. You could just go back and forth. Jay Cutler is garbage, man. Why is he still in the NFL? I, I Yuck. Wow. I mean, just wow. What a desperate move. But that's what you get when your stupid bleeping quarterback uh, stays 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 uh, active with a partially torn ACL. I mean, what, what, what sense is that? I mean, what were they thinking? Seriously. Los Angeles Chargers won their first game. The Giants did not win their first game. Another 0-5 cluster bleep of garbage in New York. I mean, what the hell? The Jets are 3-2. and two, The Giants are 0-5. Who on God's green earth would pick the green New York Jets to be, have, to be three games ahead of the New York Giants right now? <laughs> Just five bleeping weeks into the season, no less. How the hell did this happen? I don't know, but the Giants just did nothing about their offensive line, and that's what shows you. This is kind of what the Vikings were once Jake Long went out. Um, and, of course, Matt Bleep and Khalil, who wouldn't know what competitiveness was if it slapped him in the face and stabbed him in the back and smacked him over the bleeping skull. He wouldn't know what it is. And that's kind of what's going on with the uh, whatever. You get the idea. The bleeping Chargers finally won a game. We're happy for him. Philip Rivers, he's whatever he had. It's disappearing because, I mean, I, I mean, you know what? He played well in, in, the, pre in, in the first three games. You know, he kept the Chargers in it. He did everything he could. And now it's just this team sucks so bleeping hard that I think Philip Rivers, it's rubbing off on him. And that's why he can't even complete a pass hardly anymore. Yet he still managed to throw three touchdowns against this pretty awful New York Giants defense. And uh, there it is. Nice overall game for the char for uh, Philip Rivers in terms of yardage. Certainly not completion. The Chargers win 27-22. Let's move on. I'm taking too long already. That's some interesting ones to talk about. Arizona. That's where Adrian's going. And, uh... Yeah, good luck. Um, <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles there. Maybe a dark horse Super Bowl possibility out of the NFC. 34-7. to 34-7 to 7 for the Philadelphia Eagles. Wow. Congratulations to Raymond at work there. <laughs> that guy, Raymond Freeman. I'm just doing a mini shout-out to him. I don't know if he'll ever listen to the show, but what the hell. 34-7, uh, to 7, man. Philadelphia just, whoo-wee. Arizona drops to 2-3. and three. It's amazing they have two wins. Carson Palmer was good accuracy-wise. He didn't have a turnover, so good for him. But Carson Wentz is starting to get better, and he was talking after the game that he, the game is slowing down a little bit, and, and it must be. I mean, wow. I mean, 300 yards, 128 quarterback percent, uh, quarterback rating, four touchdowns in the game. He always throws an interception, too, but he's getting good. And LeGarrette Blunt has been wonderful for the Philadelphia Eagles this year, the veteran running back. and Man, it's an impressive team. Um other than Alshon Drift, Jeffrey, you can hardly rem uh, hardly know any of these guys. I suppose I know about Torrey Smith. He had an overall good game. And Nelson Aga, Aga or I hardly know him, but uh, big play down the stretch. 72-yard touchdown for him. Wonderful game for Carson Wentz. Adrian Peterson for a conditional draft pick going from the Saints to the Cardinals. Maybe this should have happened a little sooner when uh, David Johnson went out with injury. For the Arizona Cardinals, they should have done this sooner. And there was the talk constantly about uh, Adrian going to the Cardinals. Okay, how about this one? Are you ready? I don't know if it's because Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, ben Roethlisberger's been bothered by what's been going on in the NFL with the kneeling and stuff, because he said he regretted it. He did. And you know what? I'm on Roethlisberger's side on this a bit, because that was... I, I don't know. I didn't really like what was going on there, and I think a lot of people didn't like it, but I don't know. Again, I wish politics would get out of sports. It's just, it's too much. It's brutal. And this Jacksonville team is, uh, well, they're in first bleeping place. That's quite an urban legend. If there's any urban legend, it's this one. The Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Pittsburgh Steelers at Heinz Field. Heinz Field, yeah. You know, the place that Roethlisberger didn't build, but he sure helped uh, put some of the foundation in, in this one. 30-9. 30-9. <laughs> to 
30 to 9 Jacksonville in Pittsburgh. I I, I just, uh, wow. And that was in front of 66,000 people. Five interceptions for uh, Roethlisberger, and not all of them were like bad passes as much as they were spectacular defensive plays by the Jaguars' uh, secondary. Just an overall stud fest. Now, see, some of them were garbage, and they were way off, but some of them were just great plays, and it just snuffed the life out of Ben Roethlisberger. Five interceptions, no touchdowns, quarterback rating, not even 40. The guy still managed to get 300 yards in the game. But it just shows you how good this Jacksonville defense is and how well they've built this team up. Jacksonville's kind of going old school with good defense and strong running game because their quarterback sucks monkey bleep. I mean, he didn't even get 95 yards in a game that his team scored 30 points on the road in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That tells you something, man. 95 bleeping yards for Blake Bortles because he sucks and because he wasn't necessary at the same time. Leonard Fournette just rocks uh, 14 pass attempts. Leonard Fournette was just freaking, oh, that guy is developing into something wonderful. What a nice draft pick for the Jaguars. You know, it's cool to see the Jags doing a lot better. Just imagine if the Jaguars got a halfway decent quarterback. You know, just imagine if the Jaguars got a halfway decent quarterback. Leonard Fournette scampered for 90 yards in one play, one up with 181 overall, and two touchdowns. Man, you you won. Fantasy footballer, whoever you owned Leonard Fournette, you probably won. And wow, Jacksonville is an impressive story right now in the league. Another one, another one, a team that lost to Jacksonville, 44-7 in, in, in London. The Baltimore Ravens, they got beat by Jacksonville 44-7. They were down 44 to nothing in that game at one point, right? Well, they scored 30 points against the team I thought was going to win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, 30-17. to 17. Yeah, and I know Derek Carr was not playing. E.J. Manuel was the quarterback, but um, I don't think the Raiders are going anywhere. Um, something's really, really wrong in this league right now, uh, and I don't know what it is other than, yeah, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of strife going on politically. I think there's certain players on these teams that don't agree with this stuff, and stuff's going, and things are happening. Stuff is happening behind the scenes, and uh, that's why Pittsburgh has suddenly went from a Super Bowl contender to God knows what the hell they are right now. Um, Baltimore's all over the place. Oakland's gone down the absolute garbage heap. Uh, you get Marshawn Lynch wearing shirts that basically say bleep this, bleep that about you know half of the country's political uh, leaning, and that's not a good idea, I don't think. Um, Mike Wallace was awesome in the game. Wow, good for him for uh, Baltimore. Nice to see Mike Wallace in, uh, back rocking and rolling again. Even though he frustrated the hell out of us here back in 15, 2015. But good for him in Baltimore. Um, Oakland, wow. Uh, whatever. Oakland doesn't look good. Derek Carr needs to get healthy. Obviously, he broke some bones in his vertebra. And good luck to the Oakland Raiders at this point. Uh, Los Angeles Rams could not continue their little run with their white horns rather than yellow horns. But they had yellow horns. And this day, they look like the old school Los Angeles Rams back in the day. Jim Everett leading the way or whoever it was. 16-10, to 10, the Seattle Seahawks. Sea chicken, sea garbage. Seaweed. The, the seaweed, as far as I'm concerned, uh, beat the uh, L.A. Rams in Los Angeles Coliseum. 16-10. to 10. Yuck, I'm so sick of Seattle, and they just continue to do what they do. They win these grinded-out games. Jared Goff had his worst game of the season by far. Three turnovers in the game. Couldn't even get to 50%. Didn't even get a quarterback rating over 50. Overall struggled in the game. Could not complete a pass for his life. Todd Gurley really didn't get a chance to do a whole lot in this one either. Seattle looking a little bit stronger. Now they're 3-2. and two. A lot of us would love to see Seattle fall off the face of the earth, but they didn't fall off this week, unfortunately. For the Los Angeles Rams, both clubs are now three and two. As we continue to move forward, uh, Kansas City looks like the best team in the NFL right now. Um, this is the last one before the NFC North here. Of course, the Vikings and the Bears played, so there's only two other games to talk about, uh, and one of them is the preview. Kansas City Chiefs beat Houston 42 to 34 in NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas. Wow, um, 42-34, to 34 and Alex Smith. Alex Smith does not look like the game manager, Chuck Down Charlie, that he's been his whole career. The guy who was inferior to Sam Bradford, like similar, kind of conservative, Chuck Down Charlie type. He looks like a guy who wants to win. He looks like a guy who is playing to win. He looks like a quarterback now, like a really good 
number one overall pick type of quarterback because Alex Smith went number one overall. Uh, you just might see Alex Smith and Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl <laughs> the way things are going because Alex Smith is playing freaking awesome football. Deshaun Watson of Houston, I love the guy. Uh, his completion percentage needs to come up, but my God, five touchdowns in the game against the Kansas City defense, that's not that bad. I mean, my God. Uh, you have Kareem Hunt on your side, that helps an awful lot too, but Deshaun Watson is doing a freaking awesome job. I really am impressed with this guy. Uh, and this is a team that couldn't find a quarterback for their life, going all the way back to David Carr. Not Derek Carr, David Carr. Could not get a bleeping quarterback in there for their life, for years, for like 10 bleeping years. And now they got Deshaun Watson. This guy's something else. He's doing an awesome job. Uh, but not enough to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, who right now are the best team in the league. I don't know if I'm ready to get fooled by this club, thinking that, oh, here comes Kansas City. This is the year. They're going to go like 15-1, and one, and they're going to go to the Super Bowl and win it all. Where just a few, you know, back in the day, they had 13-3 and three seasons and couldn't get past the first round by. They had their first round by, so they were out of the first round, but they didn't earn it. They just, oh, yeah, they earned it in the regular season. They didn't win a single playoff game, and they haven't won one since 93, and... They better end that drought this year, and uh, a lot of uh, things pointing to Green Bay and Kansas City and uh, U.S. Bank Stadium at this point, and that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. Carolina's a team, though, that might be in U.S. Bank Stadium if they keep this up. Uh, Cam Newton, the last couple of weeks, after facing some criticism, the whole sexism accusation, I'm not going to even talk. I'm just uh, bleep this political crap right now. Enough. Cam Newton, yes, is a dork. He's an absolute dork, and look, look how he dresses, and what the hell is all that, and whatever. But the Panthers are 4-1, and one, regardless if uh, Cam Newton's a jerk or a clown or a whatever. The, the defense is is little better. They're not as good as they were a couple of years ago when they were 15-1, and one, but Newton has really stepped up after an awful start to the season. He just dominated this Detroit defense, which made uh, Case Keenum look pretty bad uh, a couple of weeks ago. Matthew Stafford was good, but that fumble and the sacks, the great by the aggressive uh, Carolina front four, was huge. Six sacks of Matthew Stafford. The Detroit Lions lose again. Uh, wish it was to us. Gosh, to think they would be 2-3 and three this week if the Vikings could have beat Detroit last week. The Vikings would be in great shape right now. They'd be, what, we would be 4-1. and one. Just That's why you gotta win these, deep, these, these division games against, you know. Just imagine, just one little game. You go, you're four and one. Four and one is an awesome record. I mean, you're as good as Carolina. You're as good as Green Bay. You're as good as, you know, other good teams in the NFL right now. Uh, Philadelphia. One bleeping game. One little thing changes something that much. Yes, it does, because this is the NFL, ladies and gentlemen. This is the NFL. We'd be better than everybody in the NFC or AFC except the Kansas City bleeping Chiefs. If the Vikings could have beaten Detroit, they make just one or, one or two bleeping plays against them, but they couldn't. I mean, what if Adam Thielen held onto the ball? Maybe the drive continues and the Vikings do something. Just one little bleeping play, man. What if when what if Delvin Cook didn't get injured? Oh my God, who knows? But it's interesting to think about. Um, it's hard to believe Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, the AFC sucks right now other than Kansas City. Green Bay and Green, Green Bay and Philadelphia would be the top seeds in the uh, NFC right now. Carolina would be a strong third. They'd be playing Detroit again, and I think Carolina would beat that one again. Seattle and Atlanta in the other round. The Vikings very much in the hunt right now. But they lost the divisional game, and that really, 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 really hurts. Uh, Detroit losing this game really, really, really helps. And again, you don't really want Carolina to be that good either. Because, <laughs> yeah, that kind of sucks. So, let's talk about that bleeping Cowboy-Packer game. I don't really want to talk about it that much. Because, for one, it's frustrating. Uh, Dallas had Green Bay beat most of the way. But, of course, just like they always do, they come back and they uh, get the job done. They come back and get the job done, and that's what they do best. <laughs> Unfortunately. Aaron Rodgers is just, you know, unfortunately, that's who he is. Green Bay would win 35-31. to Luckily, the game coming up is in U.S. Bank Stadium. That's helpful. If you're going to beat the Packers once this year, this is when you do it, is U.S. Bank Stadium coming up. <laughs> Luckily, a noon game this coming Sunday. Oh, thank you for those noon games. They help. Uh, Dallas led most of the way. Green Bay kind of hung in there, but then they missed the Mason Crosby missed the extra point. Dallas take, took a big lead, and here came the Packers back and forth. An entertaining game, an entertaining game, but unfortunately, it, the, the 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 team that won the game was not the one you wanted to see. That's for sure. A, a bit of a back and forth in that fourth quarter. In fact, very entertaining fourth quarter. 
But again, the wrong team won. If you're, but then again, a lot of us hate the Cowboys too. A lot of us, a lot of us hate the Cowboys too. So, um, <laughs> but most of us hate Green Bay more, and that's just kind of how things go. Dak Prescott, I'm not, you know, I mean, he 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 looks good, but Aaron Rodgers is just freaking better. I mean, he's just a lot better right now, and he's completing passes. Uh, Dallas had a defense that was actually pass rushing on Aaron Rodgers a little bit, but unfortunately, they just cannot make the big stops when they need to. They're just not reliable. Uh, Green Bay's defense, for the most part, is the same, but. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers versus Dak Prescott. No matter how much you like Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers is better right now. It's between him and Tom Brady, and it'll always be, and it will be for quite a while. Well, then again, I don't know how much long Tom Brady will be around. So we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, he's not going to be around forever. Not many guys play after 40 for too long in this league, regardless how great they are. So it's just kind of it's just one of those it is what it is type of situations. Uh, it's a big fear coming in for me, of course. I think right now, I mean, if luckily it's early, so anything can happen. Things can change very, very, very quickly. But the season ended today. I mean, I think Green Bay is the favorite in the NFC. I mean, it's not Carolina. It's not the Eagles. It's it's the Packers. And hopefully that's subject to change. We'll just have to kind of sit back, wait, and see how that goes. Um, man, ah, Aaron Jones even looks good. Aaron Jones, another Aaron. Damn it, another Aaron out there doing well for the... Uh, the Packers, Aaron Jones, uh, Lord, it's kind of funny, <sighs> but uh, the Vikings can win the game, but momentum is never going to be on their, momentum's not on their side at the moment, but luckily Jarek McKinnon looks as good as he does, that's where it gives us some hope, the offensive line has been a lot better than it has been uh, the last couple of years, at least it's been better now. It didn't help Teddy Bridgewater much. It didn't help uh, Sam Bradford at all last season. Didn't help, you know, I mean, and now with an improved offensive line, Sam Bradford's just not been available. Keenum, we're going to need him to keep the momentum he's been playing. You don't want to see, I mean, it's like Keenum, it's like there's two sides of him. I mean, when he's on his game, he is freaking awesome. And when he's off his game, he looks like, well, it's like, well, that's why he's a backup, you know, because you can't rely on him all the time. But this is the kind of game you're going to need it. Uh, luckily, the Packers' defense gives up yards. They give up plays, but they're also capable of making big plays. They, they have a lot of pass rush ability. They can force turnovers. Of course, some of their star defensive players are getting to be past their prime, like Claymaker. That's Clay Matthews, of course. Vikings' uh, offensive line needs to protect Case Keenum. Obviously, he's the quarterback. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater's not available yet because the PUP doesn't come off until after this game, uh, after the next game, actually. And then um, you sit back and, uh, oh, no, it is after this game. Duh, my math is all screwed up. Hopefully, the Vikings can win the game, get to 4-2. and two. And then maybe Teddy Bridgewater's the quarterback, especially if Keenum looks like Dog Dookie. You're going to need a savior of some sorts, even though you're really reaching for a savior when a guy came back from that kind of injury. You don't know how good he's going to be, but interesting to think that you just might be throwing him to the wolves the next week. Once again, offensive line needs to perform well in, well, every game. I mean, that's a, that's a given. The most kindergarten uh, analogy of all time is the offensive line needs to protect the bleeping quarterback. Because, well, without an offensive line, the quarterback can't do anything. Uh, Case Keenum needs to show up to play. Uh, Stefan Diggs, I expect a big game out of him. A nice big rebound, a nice bounce back. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, I think, is ever capable of being a starting running back in this league. I, I believe that. I have always liked Jarek McKinnon. It was last week. He just looked so awful. And it's as if something... You know, I, I mean, you know, I mean, he probably sat there, watched the film last week, was humiliated. And, hey, you know, this is your chance, Jarek McKinnon. Opportunity is knocking. Big time. This is your chance. I mean, Delvin Cook is a, a star in the making, but now he's out with the ACL. Jarek McKinnon, this is your chance to show the world what you can do. Because now you have an offensive line, a little bit better offensive line anyway, in front of you. Where last year, Jarek McKinnon was oft injured and the offensive line was oft awful. So, <laughs> often awful, right? So it just kind of was what it was there. Um, it's a winnable game for the Vikings. I'm not guaranteeing a win. I'm hoping and praying to God the Vikings can win the game. <sighs> I, I, I don't know, man. I The way Green Bay is playing right now, it scares the crap out of me. It really does. The hope is, it's, it's again, the Vikings defense, it, it, it really is. They need to make plays in this game. They need to force turnovers in Aaron Rodgers. 
you know, you're going to need what Harrison Smith did to Mitch Trubisky. Obviously, it's a stark difference between Mitch Trubisky and Aaron Rodgers at this stage because Rodgers is in his prime. Trubisky is playing his first game ever, and it was on Monday Night Football with everybody watching. That's kind of a scary moment for a guy that's just starting in the NFL. So, and against a defense like the Vikings, it's not easy. Um, but it is all about the Vikings' defense. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers has time to throw the ball, it's game over. It is game bleeping over. But if the Vikings' pass rush gets to Aaron, and of course you can able to bat the ball away, force turnovers, this and that, that's what it's all about. I mean, it's common sense, right? Aaron Rodgers, even more than how well Case Keenum plays, it's how well the defense plays against Aaron Rodgers, how we're able to frustrate him, force him into turnovers, in, in, uh, incomplete passes. And that's kind of what it's all about right now. The, the Linval Josephs, the Everson Griffins, and of course the Daniel Hunters. And then you pray to God that Harrison's, guys like Harrison Smith, maybe Anderson Dejo, or Trey Waynes pulls off a miraculous interception like he did last year. And that helped the Vikings finish the job against Aaron Rodgers. And that's what it's going to take. That is absolutely what it's going to take. Right now, as a betting man, with the way things are going and the inconsistent play, I don't know where to go with this one other than I think the Packers are going to win right now. Um, I'm not wanting them to win, but I think I have to pick them to win. Um, uh, Keenum's better than Aaron uh, than uh, Keenum's going to do more than uh, Sam Bradford's going to do right now, but it's uncertain. You don't really know, <clears throat> pardon me, you don't really know what uh, Case Keenum is going to do in comparison to Sam Bradford. So you just kind of sit here hoping and praying to God that... <laughs> <laughs> that defense is going to show up to play in a big way against Aaron Rodgers. <sighs> the Vikings defense is more likely to show up to play against him, but it was disappointing a little bit. Uh, the, uh, but, that you know, Case Keenum was so disappointing against the Detroit Lions defense last week. Um, I don't know where to go with this one. I really don't. Luckily, the Vikings won at home against the Packers last year, but Bradford was playing his first game with the team. It was a fun, momentum-carrying type of game. Oh, my God, I don't know where to go, but I, I'm going to go with the Green Bay win. I don't want to. I really don't. 24-20, to 20, Green Bay is going to win the game. Aaron Rodgers will be clutched down the stretch. He'll make the completions he needs to make. The Vikings will be in it, but the Packers will win it, unfortunately, at the end of the day. As good as the Vikings' press rush might be in the game, I think they'll force Rodgers into something here and there. He won't have a spectacular week like he did against the Cowboys because the Vikings' defense is much better. But he's, he's going to make plays that he needs to, and the Packers will win the game 24-20 to over the Vikings. I hope and pray I'm wrong. It just might go the opposite direction, where it's still a fairly close game, but the Vikings pull it out maybe 27-24, to, to 24, something like that. That's kind of what I'm thinking of the Vikings win. It'll be something like that, but I'm leaning Packers victory right now. I just think Rodgers is too good, and he's going to make that big play down the stretch that'll kind of keep the Packers ahead of the Vikings. And they'll kind of close things out. I, I, I don't trust Case Keenum long-term with this team right now. Not even kind of short-term. Because you just don't know what he's going to bring. So we'll end things with that. We will come back for fan interaction. And Dave Martin will lead things off with Mad Martin's Mad Takes. Hi there, Joey. Well, it's about 18 hours after the match, and I'm actually now watching it myself. Just watched the first quarter. What the bleep? Two yards of total offense? <laughs> I'm not sure what to make of this. I mean, personally, I think if we can't beat the Bears with a rookie quarterback in his first start, then the season's over. We don't win this. Ride it off, there's gum do something else let's watch something else because what I've seen so far is awful Bradford that safety was unbelievable how long do you want to hold on to the ball in the end zone before you do get sacked yuck yuck so the Bears have got a depleted defence what the hell does that say about our offence then um, now into the middle of the um, second quarter and if this continues then obviously out defence come the last stages of the third and fourth quarter are going to be completely knackered I am, I'm speechless with this performance so far, I really am shocked at the inept offence I've seen what a putrid first half offensively that was you have to question who the hell decided to put Bradford out there today, clearly 
he's not 100%. He can't move. He can't... You know, the O-line can't give him enough time to get out there and actually make any plays. So it makes absolutely no sense. And it looks like he's re-injured that knee. So who knows how long he's going to be out. Um, I'm hoping that, obviously, um, Keenum can get this this offense moving. The only good thing you can say about Keenum is that if he's going to be the quarterback for a number of weeks, and then we can move into Teddy Bridgewater territory. The two players are very similar in their styles, so... They are quite interchangeable. Um, I'd like to see Bradford back, but who knows how bad that knee is again. Just crazy. Uh, anyway, let's hope we can get a win here, or scrape a win. Because um, clearly at the moment, this could be quite embarrassing. We're, we're playing a rookie quarterback playing his first game. The uh, Bears' front four defensively are no, terrible. And we're not being able to move the ball. Unbelievable. And if we we lose this game, I think you can say safely that you can stick a fork in the season. Because if we can't beat a, a terrible Bears team, how the hell are we going to beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers next week on a short week? Yay! Four back kicks, possibly a game-winning field goal. But I don't find any satisfaction in this game at all. To squeak out 2017 against a poor Bears team is... Well, it's just, there's just no no enjoyment in this at all. I'm not remotely sort of, yeah, we won. I know it's winning in Chicago is not easy. But equally, they've got a rookie. They've got a front four defensively that are non-existent. And we're gonna, we squeaked out with a three-point victory. <sighs> wow. Did we have big expectations for this season? No. Three and two. Let's see where we go. And as always, I thank you so much for Mad Martin's Mad Takes and for the, the call in, the audio submission. Dave Martin, that was uh, that was awesome, <laughs> as, as it always is. Um, I agree how, yeah, it's not a satisfying game at all. I mean, you're just kind of left, okay, Case Keenum's the quarterback, and you hopefully Teddy Bridgewater can come back with a, a knee that was dislocated and ripped up and all that. And, boy, it's, it's a tough order. And worst-case scenario, what's worse than the Packers bringing all their fans into U.S. Bank Stadium? in early February, and what if they freaking win? And it would basically be a virtually home, a virtual home game for the Packers. Could you imagine that crap if that happened? So, my God. Um, of course, Dave didn't get to that part. I'm sure last thing he wants to think about as well is that happening. Um, but, yeah, it was there's very little satisfaction other than, you know, it's nice to see Jerk McKinnon play really well, and, of course, the Vikings defense was all right in the game. So, other than that stupid fake punt, but I don't know. That was quite unexpected, and... Quite frustrating indeed. Uh, thank you always, Dave Martin. I thought I had something. Oh, yeah, here we go. Um, I want to thank Vince Germano and Tanay Brown. Vince Germano out of Australia. Tanay Wilson-Brown out of New Zealand for retweeting the show. Thank you guys very much. Uh, Mad Martin starts things off on Twitter. This is at Purple Mafia Show. At Purple Mafia Show is a Twitter account. Please give it a follow. Um, Dave Martin says, so we got, so we go from Coast Guard to Shipwreckers in a week. Good podcast, my brother, and thank you so much. I always appreciate that. Dave Hickey liked that I said RIP 2017, and that's what it sure looked like at the time, especially with Delvin Cook's uh, ACL injury. That was extremely heartbreaking. Ah, uh, boy, it's seeing got behind St. Walker. There he is, uh, Adam Carlson. Anthony Carlson. I just called him Adam Carlson. Anthony Carlson, thank you very much for the tweet. He says, we won, but we played poorly. Too many penalties, and our pass coverage was that of third of a third-grade team. And yes, it was. And uh, Mr. Uh, Trey Waynes looked like garbage. I agree. I couldn't agree more. Dave Martin says, just started the game. Yep, because he is behind a bit there. Uh, just started the game, so a total internet blackout to avoid the result today but two and th- two two three and outs to start not so good and yeah it was an awful awful start to the game sam bradford like garbage um and yes yeah, sam bradford just standing there in the end zone like it's just he couldn't even move it's like there was just nothing there that was a sign of a guy that's probably not going to be playing football anymore barring some kind of miracle i i don't think so. i'm beginning to th- yeah i mean I, it's like jake long last year when he tore his achilles and that was it it's like we're seeing guys that were taking number one overall their career going down the you-know-what. Uh, that's looked likely where it's headed. Um, 
Matt Barncontinuo says, two yards of total offense in the first quarter. This is horrifying, and my God, you couldn't have said it better. He says, well, a better second half, but it's a but it's a victory that left me feeling, mm, big deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm glad we did win, though. That's what's important, at least we're 3-2, and two, and it annoys the hell out of you to think and how awful we played in that Bears game when we won, luckily, that if just one or two more plays against Detroit or just hanging on to the Mickey Frickin' Bowl, something against Detroit. Some damn thing, like no uh, Wildcat play. Vikings might be 4-1. and one. That's just crazy to imagine, isn't it? I mean, absolutely bleeping nuts to imagine. I, I, I can't believe, when I sit back and think about it, I can't believe that the Vikings are just a play or two away from being 4-1, and one. and that's what last year was like. The whole bleeping, I mean, just one play against Detroit, the Vegas could have been 11-5 and five possibly. I mean, 9-7 and seven for sure, but I mean, it's just one or two little plays here and there in this game, one or two little plays in that game. This game, that game, the Washington game, the other Detroit game. It just boggles the mind how close this team was to competing and competing at a high level. So real quick, before I mention our Facebook page, it'll be a quick shout-out to MN Vikings Haven. MN Vikings Haven, do give that a like and follow on Facebook. Thank you again, Trevor Wickerin, for being kind enough to allow me to post links to Pearl Mafia on the page. A nice page to go to for game threads, off-season conversation during the week, news, all that stuff. And of course, Pearl Mafia provides that as well. The Pearl Mafia show is facebook.com forward slash purple mafia show all this information will be in the show description now if you'd like to do what mad martin did you can call into the phone lines it's 209-736-7877 209-736-7877 it is a voicemail to treat it as such mention you're calling into purple mafia do your statement shout out comment question or whatever it is alpine and um if you don't have the phone number or like yeah you don't want to call that way or say you're international there's the call now button that goes through facebook messenger which is 100 percent free so you can go all the way through, just like you use Facebook Messenger for international calls all over the world, um, for free, of course. And of course, then there's the final bit, which is the sound, uh, the audio submission route, where you use your voice recorder on your iPhone, Android phone, whatever it is, iPad, Samsung tablet, whatever, and uh, use the sound recorder, which is always free on your system. It's always there on the on the on the device email it to paladino live at yahoo.com paladino live at yahoo.com all this information is in the show description if you want to copy paste or whatever or just to click the link and join the facebook page or twitter account give that a follow if you could all right so the facebook page as we jump into fan direction here i had it ready and i lost it that's my favorite thing to do aha uh-huh. so leading off from the last show like we always like to do Gerald Strings has finally got to watch this game. On, uh, to watch this on Game Pass, probably the weirdest game ever. It felt the Vikings dominated the entire game and never put it away. See? See? We could have been 4-1. and one. See see how easy we could have been 4-1? and one? Too bad Cook was Rookie of the Year. Your candidate, WTF. We are Viking fans, so we're used to this, I guess. Go Twins. At least they could bring home a trophy every so often. Not giving up on the Vikes yet, but it feels like the movie Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much Leland out of Iowa. Gerald String is out of Nebraska. And Dave Martin is out of Northern Scotland. Anthony Carlson is from Iowa originally because he's uh, Mark Carlson's son, but he's also living out in the uh, Pennsylvania area in the military. Leland out of Iowa says, thanks for the star, Joey. This injury to Cook keeps getting worse. And you're very welcome, Leland, for the star, and you deserve it. Uh, He says, i really seen him as a future running back. Some... Let's see, some great have rebounded from this type of injury, but most haven't. Yeah, I mean, like Adrian, of course, did rebound from it. It didn't last forever, though, that's for sure. I was talking about Mitch Tabrisky will make his debut. It generated a little conversation here. Leland says he looked really good in the preseason, definitely puts on a new twist on Monday night. Gerald uh, says, this is our chance to get inside the rookie's head and give him something to remember each time he gets to play against our defense. Hope we don't have another classic Vikings meltdown like last year and let this kid build any confidence right out of the gate. Will be interesting to see how things go. And the Vikings, yes, did a pretty good job on him, and particularly that interception late in the game. Uh, showed some inexperience there as uh, Mitch Trubisky went underneath when he probably should have tried to go further. Uh, that's just how it goes. He probably should have tried to sail the ball past... Uh, uh, Harrison Smith, unfortunately, he threw underneath, and that's what happened there. Um, sometimes you just, and in other cases, you don't want to sail it when the defender's behind the receiver. Uh, so it's just, you know, it's all inexperience there. 
Dave Vicky says this makes me nervous because they don't play well in Chicago, and I can see and I can see the rookie having some breakthrough game on Monday night. And I was afraid of that too. Mike Feller Stu Stevens says Bradford played like crap. We are in deep trouble if we don't get it going, and that was just yesterday. Yeah, I mean it's scary, and unfortunately, or fortunately for us, the Vikings were okay, even though Bradford was pretty much dead on dead on arrival. Ah, uh, Drew Bunting posts posts one saying. Ted Glover, your boy is impressive. impressive. I believe he's Burke-bound. Now, how did this get up here? Did I did I share this? Okay, that's what it was. Pat Elfline, how he's uh, the fourth highest uh, graded center. That's that's why I posted it. Uh, Pat Elfline got to fourth, so that's pretty good. Behind Travis Frederick, Jason Kels of uh, Travis Frederick of Dallas, Jason Kels of Philadelphia. And Alex Mack of Atlanta, Pat Elfline fourth, so that's good. He's he's showing signs. Uh, I was saying how the Vikings will sign former Broncos and Patriots running back Stephen Ridley, who a couple years ago had 1,200 yards. That's not bad. Uh, Gerald Swing, and that was with the uh, for uh, the Patriots. That's how we knew who he was. Gerald Swing says, "I I know I'm in the minority, but I was actually hoping they might try to bring AP back for one more stint." Thought it would be kind of cool. Oh, well, maybe Ridley can get the job done. Guess we'll see. Drew Bunting from Northern California says, I'm so excited, dot, dot, dot. Like, and then the dog picture with a bored look. <laughs> and a real dog, by the way. Darren Campbell says, and I just can't hide it. Yep, you can't hide the excitement. Drew Bunting loved it, LOL. And then James Beck out of the UK says, and now he's gone. Me no understand. Yeah, I didn't understand either. It's kind of weird. So... Yeah, very strange indeed. Uh, Ridley was not at the game, not in the game yesterday. I was showing the career stats for Stephen Ridley again. Oh, he had some strong seasons in there. Gerald String says, after looking at this, I like my bringing back AP better. Yeah, because uh, Ridley didn't do anything the last two years. Would sell more ticks, and he could probably give us the same or better yards per carry. This guy, guy doesn't look like he has been very active lately. Just saying. I disagree with this pickup, and I hope I'm wrong. Josh Meir Henry out of Colorado says, I was wishing they would have went after someone a bit better. I don't see him doing much at all. And it is interesting, though, how good Ridley was just a couple of years ago. Zimmer expects Bradford to practice. Stay tuned. No comments there. Bradford returns to practice or expected to play Monday. Mark Carlson says, Mark Carlson out of Iowa says, I'm still ham broken about Cook's injury. Happy for Bradford. I think he is the long-term quarterback. It doesn't look like it anymore, though, unfortunately. Uh, he says, he has the arm and is a threat for a deep pass. The Bears game is not going to be like the Lions game. Though I would like to see more of Keenum, I thought his throws were pretty good. And you did get to see more of him. <laughs> Especially deep throws. I want that kind of threat on our side. Not like Ponder Days. <laughs> Ponder Days and his one for three yard deep throws. Yep. Uh, sorry for my shallow comments, but if we are ever going to rise up and make that steep, uh, steep accent, as much as mentioned by Paladino Joey, it might as well be now, right now. Skull Mark from Iowa. Great thoughts there, Mark Carlson. Leland says he looks like he looks pretty out of the sink in the first quarter. Yep, uh, Dave Vick, he said that broke my heart about Cook's injury. I'm watching the Monday Night Football game at the Bears now, and Bradford looks rusty, and it's beginning to look like a Halloween massacre from last year. Yep. Mark Carlson says, now the, watch the penalties swing the other way. We never play well in Chicago, says uh, Mr. Dave Hickey. Yep, that's because I didn't uh, post a in-game thread until later, and I deeply apologize to everybody for that. Lots of commentary back and forth. We'll look at the lower part of it if possible. <laughs> Josh Mary Henry liked the interception by Smith. Yep, Brett McCarthy, same thing. Brett McCarthy out of... South Dakota, Kurt back out of Lakefield, out of Lakeville. What am I talking about? White Bear Lake. Holding what break for us. Uh, Dave Hickey was saying, man, they are trying to curse the Vikings at first. Now Gruden and the announcers. Brett McCarthy says, holy cow, where's the Tylenol? Kurt back says, I don't feel good about the future. Dave Hickey says, I'm with you. Bradford couldn't hardly move around and was really off. I just say they keep rolling with Case. He seems to have a report with the receivers and maybe try Teddy if everyone is on board with him playing. We have to decide in the future, <clears throat> like next year, on Teddy or Sam going further because neither one signed this past year. Yeah, it's crazy to imagine that, isn't it? 
So now I'll go to the post game thread. Post game thread, pretty busy here. Robin Sullivan out of Brooklyn Park says Megan had a pretty had a pretty bad Megan had a pretty oh had a what am I saying? Megan had a band concert tonight, but now I'm going to curl up and watch it. Sebastian did the duck 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 black and blue win, and yes it was. They did the duck 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 dance at the end there. Uh, after the touchdown. Rick Elmer says, first words I said, also when the game ended, Sebastian says, a W in Chicago is hard enough to come by. Genki says, Genki out of St. Paul says, sadly, it wouldn't have been, actually, it's Brooklyn Center. Sadly, it wouldn't have been if Keenum didn't get the call, and that's true. Bradford's, uh, Kurt Pack says, Bradford looked like a shell of himself. Sebastian comes back later, says, enjoyed having a mobile quarterback, at least. Yep, and that's good. Gerald says, never pretty in Chicago, but all I see in this is, is in the score column is a W, and yes, I agree. Thanks, Case, for being our backup and a true professional. He's turned out a lot. Of, he's turned a lot of heads this year. Sebastian says, time to game plan for Green Bay. Simple as that, and yeah, that's for damn sure. Uh, Gerald says, also, shout out to Kai Forbath for not pulling a Blair Witch Project blunder. Just get it done and let's go home. Could be pretty important later on this year that we pulled tonight off. And yes, it it, it helps. These type of wins add up because the losses add up too. A lot of very busy here all of a sudden. It's kind of crazy. I wasn't expecting it, but it got busy. Tony Coleman out of South Dakota says, That first half was super ugly. I think Bradford needs to take some more time to heal. Trey Waynes needs to get it together. And all those penalties, ugh, stupid mistakes. This game was a roller coaster. It stressed me out. Thank goodness it went our way in the end. Dave Vicky says, Thank God we didn't lose to a rookie quarterback making his first start in Monday Night Football. That would have been beaten to death by the media tomorrow and for weeks to come. Thanks to Harry, the hitman, too. I knew there was a reason I chose to wear my Smith jersey tonight. Game saving. And it is too early to say, whoopsies, to say the season sa- to see season saving. Ah, interception. Griffin was huge tonight, too, and other than penalties, defense played good. Fran Award has to go to Keenum on offense. Harry, the hitman on defense, and the ponder goes to Bradford on offense. And yeah, Bradford, too. Trey Waynes on defense. Yep, I ended up giving it to Trey Waynes, but yeah, Bradford, too. And the coaching staff are putting him in there. Mark Carlson says, I am not comfortable with four baths, and none of us are. Tony Coleman responds to Mark Carlson saying echoes of Walsh all over the place. And yeah, that's very true. I think that's it. I'll look in the uh, visitor posts here, see if there's anything else. Yep, uh, Tony Coleman was posting. See, there's a couple things here. Uh, Mark Carlson was saying Skull, Purple Mafia, camping, cooking breakfast this morning. Yep, this is Sunday morning uh, from Iowa's highest location, Hawkeye Point. I'm calling for Vikings win over the Bears today, no matter who is quarterback. And yep. I'm glad the Vikings were able to pull it off. Mark Carlson is definitely a star candidate for this episode. Brent, Car- uh, Brent Jacobson says, Brent Jacobson out of Lakeville says, seeing that the Giants are down four wide receivers, I wonder if the Vikings could trade him for Ted Treadwell or right for a pick. And that's a possibility, though. The talk is that a pick probably wouldn't be very high, especially with how Treadwell's been playing. But, but maybe, I mean, might be better than cutting somebody, right? Because you probably, uh, obviously, Michael Floyd came back. You didn't see a whole lot of him in the game. But a nice, a nice welcome addition. Hopefully, Floyd can be a bigger factor as things continue in the future here. Vikings hoping to get a little bit more uh, out of their receivers than they did uh, against the Bears last, uh, just this Monday night here. It wasn't the best thing you ever saw. Tony Coleman wraps things up uh, with the breaking news uh, from NFL Noble that uh, Mobile that uh, the Saints had traded Adrian Peterson to the Cardinals. Peterson on his way to Arizona, and that was ultimately for a conditional pick. So it depends on how well Adrian does in Arizona. Might be a seventh rounder, might be, who knows, <laughs> might be fourth, maybe at the highest. I'm guessing it won't be that high, though. Um, so that's it. Uh, let's do the stars and wrap things up here. Still still over an hour. I can't even believe it, but it is what it is, and there's always a lot to say on Pro Mafia, isn't there? Gold star for this episode is going to go to Mark Carlson. Uh, silver star is going to go to Dave Higgy. A gold-plated silver star. Awesome. So we're staying in Iowa for both. And the sil- the bronze star. Hmm. The bronze star is going to go to... Man. Uh, it's going to go to... Tony Coleman and... 
Gerald String for this episode. You guys just awesome. Those are a lot of Hall of Famers there, but really all of you are Hall of Famers. You guys are fantastic. I want to thank all of you for the awesome conversation back and forth for everything you bring. Sorry that this show sounds a little funky, but at least the job got done. Again, for those of you wondering why my voice is quiet and kind of weird, it's because I'm keeping it down. I, I wouldn't be surprised if she could still hear me, but at least it's not really, really loud. Hopefully she's able to sleep without hearing me, and that's the whole key, trying to keep it down, because uh, our schedules kind of clash here uh, on Monday nights when it's a Sunday afternoon or even a Thursday game we can make up for it I could always record it on Sunday if I have to big bleeping deal but Monday night has got to get done at some point and we're doing it Tuesday night so it is what it is thank you again for bearing with me um the funny voice and everything very beautiful week here as the rain finally freaking stopped I appreciate that very much take advantage you know that cell phones have these extremely good cameras on them go out take some pictures enjoy those fall colors and uh yeah it's, it's a lot of fun. And then get ready for that stinking Packer game. I hope the Vikings win. If they do, boy, oh boy, are we in good shape because we're suddenly in first place. Unless Detroit wins, then Detroit's in first place because they have the tiebreaker against the Vikes. But if the Vikings do win, we'll be ahead of the Green Bay Packers. It's that simple. Uh, Packers drop to 4-2. and two, The Vikings jump to 4-2. and two. So pretty cool if the Vikings are able to pull that off. It's amazing. What one win can do, it can change everything. And that's why you had to win last week against Detroit. Like I said, yeah, if you're going to make the playoffs, you got to beat Detroit. Well, we didn't beat Detroit. If we beat Green Bay, then we're at least tied. Then there's a chance we're tied with Detroit. Um, they're 3-2 and two also. If they lose, then hell yeah. What if then the Vikings will actually be ahead of Detroit, but we won't have the tiebreaker unless we go and win one in Ford Field. So that's the next thing we have to worry about on Thanksgiving Day. Let's make up for last year. Let's spoil their Thanksgiving and have a happy Thanksgiving in Minnesota. <laughs> I hope so, but that's obviously about a month away here, more than a month away. But man, does that make me hungry just thinking about it. Even though it's late at night and I'm already full, but man, it makes me hungry thinking about that because Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. I just love it so much. Um, enjoy those fall colors. Enjoy that crisp, cool air. I love it so much. Hope you do as well. Um, and we'll talk to you next week, hopefully after a Vikings victory. <laughs>